Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. and navigator Robert Batista. The Funky Writers Show has been called the hottest, most informative, eclectic outlet for all wordsmiths and literati. Now celebrating over six years of dynamic Writers Talk Radio. Connect with us on our dynamic Twitter page by going to at the Funky Writer. It is with complete admiration and respect that I welcome our special guest, conflict resolution expert, trainer, speaker, and radio program host, Patty Porter. Welcome, Patty Porter, to the Funky Writers Show. I am so happy to be with you, Robert, on your show. So thank you so much for the invitation to, to share with your listening audience. Yes, definitely. And what you do is so, so much needed. And, you know, oh, my God, it's just uh, I don't think uh, we're going to have enough time to get into everything. Maybe we'll do a second show. But, Patty, it's so (laughs) good having you on. Let's start off by you giving our audience some background of your life's journey and how you got to where you are today. Okay, great. Well, thank you for that uh, opening. Um, well, I am from uh, live in San Antonio, Texas, and I actually grew up on a, the very southern tip of Texas, on the border of Mexico. Uh, and uh, I actually lived with my grandmother and my two sisters, and we actually lived in a pretty high conflict family. Mm. And growing up with a lot of conflict in our lives, it was a group, you know, family dynamics, and uh, you know, I didn't meet my mother until I was in my mid twenties, and um, off and on saw my father, and so grew up with a lot of conflict, and grew up trying to be the peacekeeper in the family. Right. And as I became a young adult, um, I also learned to be very conflict avoidant because of that high conflict that we lived with. 
And it wasn't until the mid-90s uh, when I was working on my bachelor's degree. I was, I was actually the first in our generation of family to go to college. And um, it was from there that I knew I wanted to be in the helping profession to help other uh, people who had encountered the same kinds of conflict uh, I did as a, as a child, a teenager. And so I knew I was going to go in the direction of getting uh, a, either a social work degree or counseling degree. And one day during that time I was working on my degree, I was a caseworker, family caseworker, volunteering my time, and they had brought in a presenter to talk about peer mediation. And I thought, hmm, what is this mediation? And this was about 1994. And by the end of the presentation, um, now by this time I'm living in Houston, and uh, by the end of the presentation, it was literally like this light had shone on me and a higher power said, this is what you're supposed to do. And it was so ironic because I grew up with such conflict, and here was a person who says, you can be a mediator to help others in conflict. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so from that day on uh, until this day, I have dedicated my life, literally my passion in studying conflict uh, and applying conflict. Uh, and so not not only have I grown to be a mediator uh, over these years, but I also learned how to be a conflict coach, working one-on-one with individuals in conflict, uh, being a team facilitator, doing a lot of group intervention with teams in conflict. Uh, so at this time, you know, my full-time practice in life is involved around being a conflict management practitioner, um, primarily with workplaces and businesses. Uh, so that's what I do, uh, have been doing for 21 years now. Let's talk about the word conflict. When used as a verb, it means to come into collision or disagreement, be contradictory, at variance, or in opposition. When used as a noun, It means a fight, battle, or struggle, especially a prolonged struggle. Patty, besides these Webster dictionary meanings, what does the word specifically conflict mean to you? To me, um, I actually make a distinction uh, between conflict and dispute. Okay. And this comes from my training uh, with Cindy Noble out of Canada uh, when I was um, uh, being mentored by her for a number of years as a conflict coach. And um, so for for me, in my understanding of conflict, it, it is a disagreement, and usually it's a, an internal conflict that we have with the other person or the situation, and yet we haven't brought it to the surface, meaning other people haven't seen the conflict in me with that. So if I'm in conflict with you, but you have no clue that I'm in conflict with you, and I'm you know, struggling inside with, you know, I'm mad at you, I'm frustrated at you, I'm upset with you, but I'm not saying anything to you, I have this conflict. And as it escalates, as it goes on and on and on for sometimes months, years for that matter, uh, right. And then one day the straw breaks the camel's back, and you now know that I am upset with you. And you're like, well, when did you get upset with me? And right. it becomes externalized. Now everybody's there to see that there is a conflict between us. And usually those prolonged conflicts then become an ongoing dispute. Uh, so I make a distinction with that. And usually it is opposing values, opposing needs, opposing goals, uh, and we can't seem to manage it uh, effectively or well. 
and so that's kind of it, and I'll just keep it simple there. But can I add one more thing? Sure. Um, when I ask other people, when I'm training other people, I'm engaging and inter- doing interventions with people, it's so funny how people will say, I'm not in conflict. You know, and one one of the stories I'm writing on a second book right now is I was uh, training someone who as as a mediator, and I was asking what kind of conflicts have you had, and she said, my husband and I have never had a conflict, and we've been married over twenty five thirty years. And I thought, well, <laughs> that, I, that's exactly right. So I was laughing. <laughs> we've never had a fight in our twenty five or thirty years, and I thought. Okay, how does she define conflict? And uh, and so about within half an hour to an hour of us being in this training of mediation, she then reveals to everybody that she's getting a divorce. And I said okay. to myself, now, how does she define conflict? Now she's getting a divorce, and for her, conflict was this fighting, you know, this engaging these battles, as you mentioned in your earlier definition, because it never came out Right? It wasn't this we were fighting and yelling and calling each other's names. They never had a conflict. But what she was doing was avoiding conflict for years and not speaking up, but she was internally in conflict. Wow, that is awesome. So you put together, Patty, an effort entitled Mini Book Stop the Dreaded Drama 55 Tips for Ending Destructive Conflict and published it. Now, Patty, take us through the process and steps from the original conception, the writing and labor, then the actual publishing of this much-needed handbook. How did this all come together? Well, I one of my goals for years was uh, was getting a writing coach to help me with the writing process because, to be honest with you, Robert, uh, writing was is not my passion. <laughs> okay. And I was, and people were like, "You need to write. You need to write. You need to write." And so I was writing blog posts. I was writing articles, and slowly but surely was doing that. And finally, I decided if I'm going to get serious about writing, I really need a writing coach. So I hired a writing coach out of Phoenix, Arizona, and he says, "Well, let's start off by uh, writing some tips." And so every week we would we designed the concept like, "What are we trying to do? Who's our listening audience?" Right. or a reading audience, and so we then uh, crafted an outline, and then he said, once a week, I want you to publish a tip. And so, uh, you know, so there's a little structure to the tip. You know, we had a title to the tip, exam- for example, examine the destructive behavior, and then we gave some action to it. What does it mean to examine the destructive behavior, and what do you do? And so each tip was a very short tip, fed on a small page, because this is a mini book. It's a pocket-sized book. Right. And every week, I would publish this tip. And then once we got to the 55 tips, and then we categorized them, made sure it looked in order, he goes, now we're going to publish it. And we looked at different options, and one of the options we found that he knew of uh, was call, it's a product called Minibook, uh, minibook.com out of Arizona, and they put these little pocketbooks together for you. And so we did, we got an editor and we got a cover design person, and we worked with Minibook on their formatting because it's a, it, it literally a pocket-sized book. It's a little bit bigger than an index card size. It's 65 or so pages, right. and it's all content. And so we worked with them to publish it, and we published it a year ago, and we've now sold over 1,000 copies. So just, uh, I'm curious, uh, what does each book uh, cost? 
Each book cost is retailed at seven ninety five, and okay. uh, but we do have bulk rates, and that's what we te- a lot of companies tend to buy these in bulk and uh, distribute them uh, to their employees and supervisors. Uh, um, this is not just for people in the workplace; it could be your neighbor, uh, a family member. So these tips are applicable to anybody. Uh, but we do find that because they're so practical, that a, a lot of companies are buying them in bulk. Uh, and uh, and a lot of people from Canada. We've even had some uh, purchases from uh, Poland as well. So wow. they're selling across the the various countries. So that's great. So authors and budding authors uh, listen to my show and are always looking for new ways to to publish. Um, and minibook.com. This is the first I'm hearing of minibook.com. Would you recommend minibook.com to other authors and search of publishers. Now, so to keep in mind, first of all, my understanding is they have a publishing side and then they have a printing side. So okay. I believe, as I understand it, is that you, at budding authors, uh, this was my first book, and so I would be self-published, but I wanted a professional product line. Right. So many book became uh, because of their publishing experience in the field, twenty-five to thirty years. Just like all businesses, they were trying to reinvent themselves and say a lot of authors aren't writing those traditional three hundred and sixty-five right. page books. What could we do with trainers and speakers and folks like that who always have great content but who don't want to sit and write a traditional book? So that's when they came out with this pocket mini book concept which you can now get through Amazon. And they are working with Amazon to create a mini-book library. And there's already some mini-books on Amazon now. Uh, So we're also offering this as an e-book version for $4.95. And that actually should be launched within the next month uh, as an e-book version. So I love the idea that mini-book is also creating this library on Amazon. Yes, that's fantastic. Now, uh, and then eventually your book will be on Amazon.com also, correct? Yes, it should be within uh, the month. Uh, we should have it as an ebook version, and then they would purchase, anyone who wants the hard book uh, would order it directly through me, through my website. Okay, so getting back to the actual book, um, so how did you come to that 55 number of tips? How did those 55 make the cut? And were there any others that you left out after serious thought and debate? We were very methodical because it took me about a year to do this. Some people are like a year. I mean, because like I said, I was like really struggling and like how do I write it and getting started. And we ended up, I think, with 60 and then decided, well, you know, there was a lot of thought and conversation about is this 52 for 52 weeks of the year, is this, you know. And and when we looked at the tips, um, I said, okay, I can cut out five of these because they felt a little duplicative. But the okay. rest of them I said, no, we really need to keep the 55 tips uh, instead of cutting it to 52. Uh, so there was a lot of conversation with my writing coach and, and myself about Uh, the 55 tips. And then ultimately what we did, um, I was just writing the 52 tips without uh, categorizing them, but once all of them were written, then we decided to look at the whole and say, well, how are we going to organize these? And I had already been thinking about uh, before, during, and after conflict. So now, so what does that mean? Um, So when we think of conflict, 
conflict is there's there's always these signs and signals that says conflict is a brewing there's if we learn to recognize it in ourselves and others right. you know what are the tips and strategies we're doing to deal with it very early on uh, but oftentimes we don't, and then we engage in the conflict or the dispute, right. and now we're in this destructive cycle sometimes for years. And so what right. are the tips and strategies to get out of that destructive cycle? And then the after the dispute or conflict, meaning, okay, we've resolved it, but there's all these residual feelings and hard relationships and some damage that we might need to work on, and that's kind of the after effect and so what are the things uh, to do around that so we categorized uh, the book into seven sections uh, and those tips were then organized into these seven sections and that's a good point Uh, once you get through the conflict and once the conflict is basically taken care of there are or there could be residual effects such as hurt feelings and resentments and stuff like that so you know that that to me uh, says a lot and that's important too that you also do the follow-up um patty your book blurb says stop the dreaded drama 55 tips for ending destructive conflict provides you with reliable strategies for moving out of unhealthy and destructive conflict Patty, what exactly is an unhealthy and destructive conflict? Are we talking couples, family members, coworkers, or all the above? All of the above, including neighbors, church members, wow. uh, parent, teacher. It can be anyone that you are engaged in with a conflict that has become so emotionally charged, focused on blaming, being a victim. Uh, very using very destructive behaviors, uh, some that you see and some that you don't see, that really damages um, sometimes a long-term damages to the relationship. You know, you, you see that like with your neighbor, you right. know, if you're pointing fingers and making false assumptions, and and so this destructive uh, nature of conflict, a lot of it comes as a result of us being afraid of conflict. And because we're afraid of what's going to happen or not going to happen, then we engage in all these very unhealthy communication, unhealthy behaviors, unhealthy thinking about the other person, essentially making the other person this evil, you know, doer, uh, when actually they're hurting just as much as we are and we just don't know how to communicate because of our fear of what may or may not happen. And, you know, it's amazing. Uh, You say neighbors. Uh, I've read cases where neighbors not only have come to blows, but actually have killed one another Mm. over a a brewing and brewing and brewing conflict over maybe uh, where my property ends and yours begins or, you know, or something like that. So, you know, I I forgot all about neighbors. You're you're 100 percent right. So, Patty, let's talk feedback. How did people who've read and absorbed your book respond to it? There are have been, first of all, overall it's been very, very positive. Because um, I've been asking very specific, thinking, you know, okay, is this too small of a book? Are these books practical enough? Because it's very rich content. Right. Um, and so the feedback has been, um, uh, the, the specific feedback has been, read through the book. People said this is how they've been doing it. They've been reading through the book because you can read through the whole entire book in about an hour, 45 minutes. 
Okay. Then go back to the specific tip that applies to what you might be dealing with in that moment. Some of it does not involve other people, meaning you don't have to. And this tactic or strategy is about reflecting, thinking about what your triggers are, breathing exercises, um, you know, speaking out loud your emotion. Other things are preparing for conversation. So they'll go to the, the tip that they most need in that moment that they can apply right then and there and start to practice that and start to become part of their own repertoire of tools. Um, so that's the true. Most of what people have been saying is that very practical sense. And when a lot of these companies in particular are seeing it, I've had some church community members who've been ordering the book too. Um, that's how they've been uh, use, utilizing it. Now, it's really interesting. I did, uh, so a lot of people are keeping it right on their desk, so it's really easy, you know, grab and use right away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, they're not putting it on, on their bookshelf. They're like, it's like like right yeah, on I their desk. I want this desk. right next to me. <laughs> yeah, right next to me. And um, but what's interesting is I did have another person um, who was a business owner, uh, and she said, and she was a lawyer way back when, and uh, but she's a business owner, and she said, Patty, the tips on here are great. She goes, but I know myself. I'm a bull in a china shop. And she goes, right. I'm concerned that I can't use these tips. And I said, well, tell me more about that. She goes, because I'm such a bull in a china shop, what I realized when I read your book is how much help I need to help me in order for me to have these difficult conversations. And she has a lot of them. She goes, I need people like you to either coach me or I need people to come in and mediate because I know that for me to apply these, I know myself well enough that it says to me, I need help in this area. And, and that's the other thing is if it, one of the things the tip says is where is the conflict intensity, like a hurricane? Are we, a, are we at right. a tropical storm or are we at Hurricane right. 5? And yeah. at Hurricane 5, I need some outside help, you know, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one coaching, conflict coaching, or whether I need a, an outside neutral facilitator or mediator to come help with the conversation. And that was her realization. One of the things you mentioned just a minute ago was the triggers, or as somebody says, you know, that person knows how to push my buttons. <laughs> that, that's amazing, isn't it? Yes, and, and you know what I say, and, and, and when, when people say that to you or you hear that, what, what, do you, what comes up for you when someone says they know how to push my button? It's like they know your weak spots that basically just make you kind of like either blow up or get upset, and maybe even at times they may even do it uh, purposefully, uh, you know? And, and so when people tell me that too, yeah, this is what I tell them. I said, and who installed that hot button? Mm. Mm. You installed your own hot button, and you are responsible for controlling it regardless of whether someone pushed it purposefully uh, or not. Right. This is right. your trigger. Nobody else's but yours. You installed it. This came from your experiences, your beliefs, your value system that you hold dear. Uh, and even if someone does know it, you're ultimately accountable and responsible for controlling right. your emotions and managing that trigger. And that means learning how to cool that hot button or that trigger for yourself. Right. And so, yeah. So, so you're, what you're saying is they are able to push those buttons because you are allowing that to happen. 
Yes. Right. Right. Understood. Um, I know. Oh, one of the things that stuck out when I watched one of your videos, Patty, is that you said people are pretty much in crisis when they contact you. So to me, it's almost as though you are basically their last hope to a certain extent. Would you agree with that? And how much pressure, if any, does that place on your shoulders? Well, you know, it it is interesting because people are so afraid of conflict, they will let things either go on in a conflict avoidant way, which is a very, you know, habitual pattern, a habitual pattern of conflict avoidance until it builds up and builds up and builds up like a volcano. And they're in so much angst by this time that they just don't know what else to do. And so they are in this crisis mode. Um, or they have been in conflict for a very long time in an outwardly fighting type of way. And in a workplace, how that might show up is now they're, uh, let's say, the, they're now getting formal complaints, people are threatening litigation, right. EEO lawsuits and stuff, and they're like, you know, we've tried to deal with it in different ways, but not effective ways, and so they're in crisis. And so, yes, and they reach out to me. Um, the pressure that's put on is by that time there is so much damage in the trust, in the in the belief that anything will ever change. Um, but they know that they feel like they, you know, if it's a job, they love their job, or if it's their house, they don't want to move. They love their neighborhood, you know, but they're they're stuck. Right. And so when I'm doing the work with them. Uh, the pressure that I feel is, okay, is one setting a realistic tone of what, what's going to happen. I can't do anything to you. I can do something with you. Ultimately, your responsibility and your work that you need to do in order to address this. I'm not going to be the miracle worker. I'm not going to be the lawyer, the advocate. Uh, if I'm a mediator, I'm neutral. I'm going to help you have those conversations, those difficult conversations. I'm going to create an environment that's safe in the mediation. If it's one-on-one -on -one coaching, it's about empowering you to finally make different decisions around how you address this conflict. But ultimately, you have to make the decisions and you have to follow through with whatever action steps you're wanting to do. And it's funny because there's so much anxiety for them that once they finally do whatever they're going to do, usually it's a conversation sometimes, um, they're like, wow, why didn't I do this years ago? Or why did I have all these false assumptions? And so there's a lot of pressure, but it's extremely important for me to remain calm. No matter how much they're in crisis, I must remain calm and grounded for them. And, uh, and I so advocate for early intervention. Don't wait years to address these things because sometimes it's, it's very – the realization becomes this has gone on so long and the damage is so deep um, that they have to make some hard decisions, um, and, and that could be, you know, changing the way they behave. Sometimes that's ending a relationship uh, or having a conversation that changes a relationship, and that means the other person might make a decision to say this ain't going to work. Uh, so some, some really hard decisions sometimes. Patty, I know you've helped many, many people with your services, but were there ever times where you just could not get through and help a, a person or a couple or a group? Uh, were there ever those type of times? 
Yeah, there there are some really difficult situations. I haven't done a lot of couples work per se because most of right. my work is, my my focus is in the workplace. Although I do have working couples, uh, if you will, in the workplace a lot of times. Uh, and I don't mean like they're married, but you no, know, I you know how people yeah people say, oh, that's my work wife or my work husband right. or something like that, right? Um, yes, there have definitely been times when. Um, Things have been really have not gone well only because people are so ingrained in their victimness. They feel, and I don't mean a victim of a crime or victim of a, you know, violent act, but they feel so victimized or so unfairly treated or injustice, and they feel so so strongly about that that it's so hard for them to even look at the other person's perspective and to see right. them as a human being. Right. Those are the, some of the most difficult cases to work with, and those cases really require a lot of actual coaching. Um, sometimes mediation, in fact, I heard this the other day, People, someone was telling me they saw mediation as the triage room. It's already an emergency. When they go to mediation, they're in triage. And I thought, you know, that is so true because the conflict has gone on so long that they're desperate. They're bleeding out, and they're going into triage, and sometimes you can't save the relationship. Patty, let's talk social media. Um, I know you're on some of the major platforms. Um, Which one do you feel is the most beneficial for your brand, and which, in your estimation, is best for people who do the work that you do? For me, the most uh, responsiveness I have gotten have been from Twitter and LinkedIn. LinkedIn, Uh, And I'm also just now adding the social media network of Reddit. Um, That's R-E-D-D-I-T, which apparently some of the younger audiences are on the Reddit um, more so now than Facebook. And the reason I say Twitter and LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn is a real professional network, and I've gotten uh, gotten actually quite a few referrals from uh, LinkedIn. You know, someone from New York knew someone from Texas, and then they connected me. I have on Twitter, what's interesting about Twitter, when I first started Twitter six years ago with the radio show uh, that I do, um, is that there were people out there that I never knew would be a referral source for me. And because they were following me on Twitter on conflict, um, then all of a sudden they started referring cases to me. And and I'll give you a quick example. Professional organizers. Now I'm thinking of professional organizers as someone who comes in and cleans out your house and organizes your closets and all of this, right? And I was getting a number of referrals and a number of inquiries from professional organizers. And what I learned about professional organizers is that many of them work in businesses creating systems and or helping you know people organize you know systems and files and things of that nature and when they would be in there they would hear about all this conflict and they're like wait i'm a professional organizer i don't deal with conflict (laughs) and they were like oh i know the texas conflict coach she can help you right and and so twitter was like this enlightening like wow who knew (laughs) in closing I'd like to ask you a question that's close to my heart. Um, there are so many teens out there now who are so living in a violent world, whether it be internally or externally with gangs and everything. And you mentioned that you work with teens. 
Um, what is the best way in your estimation to get through to teenagers who are going through violence? Well, that's a that's a big question, and we've actually um, we dedicate our uh, radio show, Texas Conflict Coach, uh, twice a year. We uh, have experts actually who deal with teen violence, uh, whether it's cyberbullying, sexting, right. uh, gun violence, any, any wherever that is, bullying, anything like that. Uh, and we do have experts who come in, uh, and we we talk a lot about that. A lot of it is about basic communication, learning some of the things that we do as adults around assumptions and name blaming and things of that nature. And in April is usually Youth Violence uh, Prevention Week, right. and in August is our Back to School series. And we're always, you know, trying to have shows that are dedicated not just to the parents and teachers, but to the youth themselves, and really getting them to not isolate getting them to communicate with each other, getting them to seek support not only from each other as teenagers but also uh, adults, uh, you know, to not be peer pressured into things that lead to, uh, you know, them being part of a gang. A lot of times they, they don't feel like they belong. And, uh, and so a lot of it is really having networks and supports for them when they're feeling peer pressured, um, you know, to, to feel like they belong. Uh, and, and there's, I mean, there's that, that's such a dynamic question, you know, um, and I, I really do leave it to the experts who, who work with teenagers on a regular yes. basis, and, and, and yes. it's such an important topic, and that's why we've dedicated two months of episodes just to that every year. Patty, if someone wants to get in contact with you, learn more about what you do, order your book, or just... Uh, just contact you. Give out all your websites or any other contact information you'd like. I think the best way to find me and all my social media networks and whatnot is um, my business site is Conflict Connections. That's plural under connections.com. So Conflict Connections, all one word, dot com. And the all the radio episodes, this is a community education outreach program that we do. It's called TexasConflictCoach.com, and everyone can access the free uh, podcast library there. We have over 240 podcasts over the six years, and congratulations to you, too, because we've been six years in the running as well. Uh, so lots of educational resources there. Thank you. And they can find the book on both sites, and they can find all our social media on both sites as well. This has been the Funk Writer Show with me, Robert Batista. I'm at, at author R. Batista on Twitter. You can find my ebooks on smashwords.com and my novels on amazon.com. Look for my new novel, The Devil on Line One, coming in the spring of 2016. My guest has been a powerhouse in helping people help themselves, Patty Porter. And her phenomenal book is called Mini Book Stop the Dreaded Drama 55 Tips for Ending Destructive Conflict. Thank you so much, Patty, for being a guest on the Funky Writer Show. Thank you. Good night. It's been great.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.